Hey guys, we have an incredible podcast coming your way. We're going to teach you exactly how to look great, feel strong at your ideal body weight. How? By teaching you about the latest innovations and the discoveries about hormones, the herbs, the natural approaches that will help you to optimize your stem cells, your mitochondria. Please stay tuned. This is a show you must listen to. Thousands of medical studies that finally confirm what we knew over 40 years ago. And we started this whole lifestyle medicine movement. And I, I, I just think that it's really worth listening to this because I think it's one of the best presentations I've heard in a long time. I'm going to build a strong case with Dr. Will Bolshevitz, and you're going to be surprised what Dr. B actually has to say. Here we go, jumping right into the topic. 31 years old, and I felt miserable. I felt like I was 60. I was exhausted, anxious. I had low self-esteem. Um, I was 50 pounds overweight. You can see in this picture, this is what my brothers would point out to me when I went home for Christmas every year. Will, what happened, man? And the funny thing is, I'm not exaggerating. When you see this picture right here, I was working out six times a week. I am not exaggerating. I was working out six times a week. I would do 30 to 45 minutes of weights, and then I would jump on the treadmill for a 5 to 10K, or I would go in the pool for 100 laps. And this is what you see. And you can see how round my face was back then. I thought I could outwork it. I worked as hard as I could. I'm a hardworking person. And so I dedicated myself to losing the gut, losing the weight. I could build muscle mass. I could run a good 5K. I could swim 100 laps. I still couldn't lose the gut. And, you know, I just didn't understand that the diet that I was raised on from my childhood was the actual problem. You know, I, I, it's not that I thought that I was eating healthy food. It's more so that I had always eaten this way. This is the way that I was raised. And um, why would something suddenly change that would cause me to lose my health, to gain 50 pounds, and have all of these medical issues? So I never really connected the dots. And the greatest thing to ever happen to me, much better than writing my book, <laughs> is that I met my wife. And... You have to understand, I had never been around someone that ate the way that she ate. My wife ate plant-based. My wife ate the way that I'm going to describe to you today, which is what science actually supports. And we would be on a date, and I would see her over there eating all plants, and I would have the pork chop or the ribeye, and I could not lose the gut. And I saw her eating without restriction, she was enjoying her food, she was happy, she was satisfied, and she had no weight issue, and she didn't have to try as hard as I was trying. And so it opened up my mind to the possibility, maybe it was my diet. And so I started to make small changes at first, replacing you know, fast food with a smoothie. And I felt amazing, and my energy level came up. And next thing I knew, the fat was melting away. My blood pressure dropped. My self-esteem was coming back. 
And I started to question why I had not heard anything about this in my medical training. And so after making these simple substitutions and having results and feeling so much better, I mean, look at this. This is me basically at 40. I'm in the best shape of my life. And this is not me working out, believe it or not, this is me working out an hour a week. I'm not exaggerating. Twice a week for 30 minutes over here. And this is me six times a week for like an hour and 15 minutes each time. It's diet. Diet is the key. Diet allowed me to lose the gut and to get into the best shape of my life. And I sincerely believe that going from 31 to 40, I sincerely believe that I reversed aging. And we have some science to back that up. You have to understand, guys, I am a man of science. I've dedicated my life to it. I immersed myself in clinical research. And um, I'm the type of guy, if the science isn't there, I can't fully buy in. So I turned to the medical literature. And, you know, I was like, how come I haven't heard anything about this? I mean, if it's if plant-based diet is the way to go, how come I haven't heard anything about this? And I went to PubMed and I thought I would find like five studies and I was shocked when I found thousands of studies, thousands of studies, powerful studies, systematic reviews and meta-analyses, randomized controlled trials that showed me that this wasn't just a coincidence that human biology is meant to work this way. And I found this connection between the plants in our diet and the microbes in our gut. And to me, this connection is electric. It is electric. To me, this is so powerful. And I believe that this is one of the important keys to human health. And that's what I'm here to talk to you about today. That's what I wrote my book about. So I brought these ideas into my medical practice because I'm the kind of guy that I just want to do the best that I can as a doctor. I want to give my patients the best that I have. And so when I discover something that I believe can make a meaningful difference in the life of my patients, I have to give it to them at any expense. It doesn't matter what the cost is. I'm going to do that. And so I felt compelled to share this in my medical practice, and I've been blown away by the results. It's incredible the way this is working. So I got to. So it's 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 pretty exciting to hear him, Doctor Will Bolshewitz, and he's a background is a gastroenterologist. He talks about fiber, and it's interesting because when I wrote my book, Blood Doesn't Lie. Uh, and of course, I, I was thoroughly enthralled with the fact that there are several steps that we can take to dramatically improve the immune system. And back in the year 2000, I wrote the book, Grow Young and Slim. And more importantly, I was one of the directors of the Pritikin Better Health Program. And Nathan Pritikin at the time wrote a best-selling book, The Pritikin Program for Diet and Exercise. And I, I, I'm really so proud of having worked with kind of the forefather to all of this kind of current rediscovery of what we were teaching back in 1978. Guys, that's, <laughs> that's, that's nearly 40 years ago. And 
this book, Eat Right to Stay Healthy, Dr. Dennis Burkett, and I'm sure Dr. Will uh, would basically agree that he is the the grandfather of all the studies and science about eating a wide biodiversity of fiber based on his studies in Africa. And I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that Nathan Pritikin himself uh, had a conference where I personally got to hear Dr. Dennis Burkett, and he talked about all of these diseases that could potentially not only be prevented, but reversed. And, and, and take a look at this list. This is, this is from a book published uh, back in, uh, let's see, what, what was the early publication? Because I read Live Longer Now back in 1977. This book was published in 1979. Look at this impressive list of diseases that, that not only can be prevented here. Let, let me try and get that focused a little bit better that can be prevented and even reversed. Addison's disease, angina, atherosclerosis, autoimmune disease, cerebral vascular disease, Crohn's disease, DVT, deep vein thrombosis, diabetes, diverticulitis, endocrine disorders, uh, gallstones, gout, hemorrhoids, hiatal hernia, hypertension, ischemic heart disease, irritable bowel syndrome with Crohn's, multiple sclerosis, myxedema, which is a thyroid condition, obesity, Paget's disease, osteoarthritis, osteoporosis, peripheral vascular disease, pernicious anemia, rheumatoid arthritis, senile dementia, all of these diseases that we knew about (laughs) back in the time over 40 years ago. And now the young doctors are coming forth And they're finally starting to say, hey, we have a new discovery. (laughs) Really not new, guys, but I love what you're about to hear, how they articulate and review thousands of medical studies that finally confirm what we knew over 40 years ago. And we started this whole lifestyle medicine movement. And I, I, I just think that it's really worth listening to this because I think it's one of the best presentations I've heard in a long time presented to Forks Over Knives. And here we go. To optimize it. And here's a little preview. It's not what you've heard on the internet. It's not a fad. It's not even a diet. It's actually a lifestyle trajectory that heals. That's what this is. It's lifestyle. Look at this number. This number is absurdly large. Am I right? All right. Hundreds, thousands, millions, billions, trillions. 39 trillion microbes. That's the number of microbes that you have as a part of your gut microbiome. And if you take all the stars in our galaxy, every single one in the Milky Way, you would need 100 of these galaxies and condense it down and fit it into your colon 
and that is your gut microbiome. You have 100 times more microbes than there are stars in our entire galaxy inside of you. And they're made up of five different types of microbes, bacteria, fungi, archaea, parasites, viruses. Believe it or not, you have more microbes than human cells. You are less than 50% human. And there are at least 10,000 different species of microbes that exist across this planet that can be a part of the human microbiome. You personally, though, you personally have anywhere from 300 to 1,000 species inside of you. And they include bacteria. You know, we hear about the bad guys like E. coli and Salmonella and Shigella. But as it turns out, bacteria make up most of our microbiome. And the vast majority of them are good, especially when you eat the way that I propose in my book. Fungi, fungi are yeast. And just like bacteria, there are good ones and there are bad ones. In this picture, this is actually the esophagus. I see this when I do an upper endoscopy on some patients. And this is a candida infection, candida esophagitis. And this is a type of bad fungus. But guess what? There's a lot of really good funguses too. And they're a part of a healthy gut microbiome. And then my favorite, the archaea. Archaea are somewhere between fungi and bacteria. Not quite exactly like either one. And they have been on our planet for 4 billion years. Guys, there's only been oxygen for 2.5 billion years. <laughs> they were hanging out for 1.5 billion years with no oxygen. You will find archaea in the bottom of the ocean in a rift vent. You will find them inside of a volcano. And you will find them inside of your colon. And given the choice, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think I would take the friendly confines of the human colon over the inside of a volcano or the bottom of the ocean in a rift vent. That's just me. I'll let you pick your own choice. And these microbes, guys, they live in harmony they live in harmony inside of us. There's a balance that exists. Imagine it like this forest here. This forest is made up of the flowing brook and the trees and the grass and the other plants and the birds, the butterflies, the bugs, the snakes, the animals. And they all live as a part of this ecosystem. Guys, your microbiome is as much of an ecosystem as you see in this forest. And the rules that exist within this forest are very similar to the rules that apply within your gut ecosystem. And just like you can decimate and damage this forest, you can decimate and damage your gut. And that looks like this. This is where you have less of the beautiful trees. There's no flowing brook. This is where there are more bad guys and less good guys. You have these terrible werewolves that are horrifying. And, you know, this is what the gut looks like when it's been damaged. So when you think about it, I examined blood for the last over 40 years. And when you look at a drop of blood, you see kind of the inner universe, white blood cells, red cells. You see microbes, literally microbes. And 
it used to be said if you find microbes in the blood that you're probably near the end of your life. Well, a lot of microbes shouldn't be in the blood, but the right type, friendly bacteria, uh, you can see certain things kind of spinning around and, and developing. So the body is teeming, as he mentioned, with 39 trillion bacteria, and that's not even counting the 300 trillion viruses. It is just absolutely astonishing. And it's really perplexing to me to hear people talking right now about what's going on in the world and and, and how we have to kill every bacteria and, and destroy viruses and put your covering on your face. People are so wrong about what they need to do to build up a healthy, strong immune system. So if you just stick with me, you're going to hear the real story, and I think it's going to shock you, which, which, which you're about to understand. So let's go a little bit further here. And perhaps you've heard acids in a minute. They're kind of important. But over here on this side, this is dysbiosis. This is a damaged gut. And gosh, over here, not, not many red guys. The red guys are the bad ones. Over here, the red guys are dominating. There's not many blue guys anymore over here on the right-hand side. And you're not really seeing many of the short-chain fatty acids either. This is a damaged gut. This is what it looks like on a microscopic level. And the symptoms that are associated with damage to the gut are very broad. I mean, look at this list. Think about this list and consider where you fall personally what symptoms you may have experienced or what symptoms a person that you care about may have experienced. So we know that the gut microbiome is, is affiliated with digestion. It makes sense that it, it helps us to process and digest our food. But did you realize that it's connected to all of these other things too? That it's connected to our immune system, our mood, our cognition, our metabolism, our hormones, even the expression of our genetics. Let's take a little bit of a deeper dive here. 70% of your immune system lives in the gut. Over here in this picture, we're zooming in like we have a microscope and we're zooming in and what we're looking at is this is the epithelial layer. This is the layer that separates the inside of the intestine from where the bloodstream is over here. And what you find is there is a single layer of cells. This layer is so thin that the human eye can't see it. And on one side, there are the gut microbes, and there is also food. And oh, look, short-chain fatty acids are showing up again right here. And on the other side, over here, this is your immune system, 70% of your immune system. And they're separated by just this much, and they are talking to each other right now. They are talking to each other. Look at the list of immune-mediated conditions associated with damage to the gut. It's a laundry list. When I was researching my book, there was no immune-mediated condition that I actually found a study looking at whether or not the gut microbiome was associated, and the answer was no. What I'm saying is every single immune-mediated condition that has been studied where they look at the gut microbiome they always find that there is damage to the gut microbiome. How about the connection between the gut and our brain? Our brain's best friend is your gut. 
It's like two teenage girls who are on the phone for like six hours straight. And they can't. Okay, so you looked at the prior screen and it listed all of these disease conditions. <laughs> now remember, what we're looking at is rather astonishing because Dr. Bolshewitz has discovered, rediscovered what Pritikin and I had been teaching to people about the diseases that may, here I'll try and show that a little bit better, may regress. And that list is very similar to what you just now saw in terms of disease conditions. Again, we've known about this for more than 40 years. It's been ignored. It's been suppressed. But finally, you've got doctors who are confirming the great need for what? The great need for... <laughs> Diversity. I've got a 15-bean salad here. Amazing in taste. I've had probably about, I don't know, 50 different types of plant foods today myself. You're going to learn that the bigger the variety of food, even if you're on an elimination diet and try to cut out wheat, trying to cut out uh, soy, trying to cut out all these things, that's not going to work as good as getting your body used to a big biodiversity. Now, some people have issues, certain enzymes they're lacking for, say, fructose, fruit, and things. And, and yeah, there are some rare exceptions. But what I'm about to share with you, under the microscope, under the conditions that I'm explaining to you, these are the key factors that you must understand to be incredibly healthy. And we've got a number of questions flowing in. Uh, and, and here, hold, hold on a second. Uh, let's start with uh, the first question. I've, uh, Mr. E, I've read that the short-chain fatty acids produced by fermentation fiber has anti-inflammatory properties and immune-modulating effects. Absolutely, Mr. E. These short-chain fatty acids are critical to good health, and it can only be produced by consuming plant-based fiber foods in a big variety the butyrates, and this is also proven by Dr. Robert Martindale that we're going to talk about in a moment. Uh, next comment, uh, uh, Devish, sure, uh, sir, can fiber further increase the sex hormone binding globulin and decrease the free testosterone? Well, fiber will uh, attach to unmetabolized hormones. It will uh, kind of attach to them, which does release... Uh, let me just be very clear. A high plant-based diet increases sex hormone binding globulin, which does attach to testosterone. But men who consume a plant-based diet have higher total testosterone levels. And yes, I agree. There are certain plants and herbs when you want to release more testosterone. We've known about these in history. And we've included those herbs in certain food, uh, certain supplements that we've created because for guys who want to have that spike in testosterone while they're making love, while they're working out, while they're you know wanting to accomplish certain things that require mental focus and determination and physical prowess, then yeah, you want more bioavailable free testosterone. Wild yam extract is where we get testosterone from, but it has to be synthesized. But we'll, we'll get to that in one of my other talks. 
furthermore, let's let's go a little bit further. Uh, do Clint asks, do okay, hold on. Do you need fiber if you consume real ghee, meaning the ghee is made from curd? Are you familiar with how consuming tra traditional ghee gives many of the same benefits of fiber? Well, I, I'm just going to say that ghee itself, because it's very high in fat without fiber, is not going to contribute the kind of benefits, particularly if you use more than a teaspoon, because the bloodstream must flow properly and deliver oxygen and nutrients. Just take ghee and rub it on your hands. Look at Indian food, which is tends to be loaded with ghee, and all that ghee tends to... Um, thicken the bloodstream and when it thickens the bloodstream there's poor circulation some of the white blood cells when there's not enough oxygen they break apart and they start digesting your joints that can lead to arthritis uh, a lot of autoimmune conditions so i'm not convinced that ghee is going to be your solution anything more than a teaspoon uh Let's, let's look at the next one. One of the best sources of short-chain fatty acids is ghee, okay? But we can get ghee properly through the body by, how shall I say, by actually getting the whole food intact. And the whole food fiber intact is what it is as we need. And I, I, I want you to understand... I want you to understand, guys, this is one of the keys, and we're going to jump into this deep dive, and you're going to understand why I'm such a huge fan on getting away from oils, fats, greases, and meats, and eating foods rich in fiber, plant-based fibers. Here we go. Here we go right now. Let's talk about it. Dr. Will Bolshewitz, and then we're going to jump over to Dr. Robert Martindale. can't stop talking to each other. That's the way that your brain and your gut are. They are in communication literally right here, right now. We have almost 3,000 people on this call right now. And every single one of you, your brain is talking to your gut and your gut is talking to your brain literally right this second. The gut contains 500 million nerves. Think about that. That is five times more than you'll find in the spinal cord. 90% of your serotonin, the happy hormone, produced in the gut. 50% of dopamine, which controls our reward center. When we get the gratification, like, oh, I just accomplished something. I published a book. Boom, dopamine. 50% in the gut. Over 30 neurotransmitters. Now, I'm no neurologist, but I didn't even realize there were 30 neurotransmitters. That's how many there are in the gut. They are in constant communication. They have multiple different ways that they talk to each other. They can talk to each other through nerves. They can talk to each other through hormones. They can talk to each other through the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. And one of the ways that they can communicate is with short-chain fatty acids. You keep hearing me say this. And look at the list of conditions. This is an early list. There's going to be more in the future. Think about the different things, anxiety, depression, so common, ADHD, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, bipolar, migraine headaches. 
Okay, guys, so what he's talking about is fiber-rich foods contribute to short-chain fatty acids that tend to help calm down, reduce, or eliminate the likelihood of Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, schizophrenia, ADD, HD, uh, ALS, chronic fatigue syndrome, restless leg syndrome, anxiety, depression, he mentioned, autism spectrum, bipolar disorders, migraine headaches, fibromyalgia, hepatic uh, conditions, or that is of the liver. So it is so important that you start including a huge variety of fruits, vegetables, beans, peas, nuts, seeds, avocado, all kinds of diversity. The more plant diversity, the healthier you're going to be. So let's jump back in. Guys, I want to clear the air on something. You've been told that weight is calories in and calories out. There's a lot of personal trainers who believe this. It's not true. Simply not true. This this part is really good because we're going to be talking about with Dr. Will how when they transplanted the fecal, that is the intestinal uh, transplant, they, they transplant like the flora in the gut from an, uh, from an underweight person to an obese person to a normal person. This has been done in, in rats, but now there's new studies coming out in humans, and it actually somehow, the gut microbiota, when it's transferred, it adopts its genetic phenotype and those particular species that are overweight or obese would have a genetic tendency if they're given the microbiota of the underweight individuals, they start losing weight easily. Even though they're consuming the same amount of calories and when the underweight individuals are given the microbiota of the obese individuals, <laughs> the underweight ones gain weight. Oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Let me show you real quick what's going on here. They've done these microbiome studies with mice. And what they do is they take a mouse that has been specially bred so that it does not have a microbiome, okay? So this germ-free mouse is then given a human microbiome. They could give it a normal microbiome. They could give it the microbiome from a human who is overweight. Or they could give the mouse the microbiome from a human who is underweight. And then what they do is they take these three mice with their brand new microbiomes and they feed them the exact same food, the exact same number of calories. And what do you see? The one who gets a normal microbiome weighs a normal amount. Obese microbiome? creates an obese mouse. Skinny microbiome creates a skinny mouse, yet they all received the same number of calories. It's shocking, and it, it challenges much of what we've been taught. And here's the list of metabolic conditions that have been associated with damage to the gut. Many of America's top killers are on this list. Coronary artery disease, chronic kidney disease, type 2 diabetes, all top 10 killers in the United States. The gut is also an endocrine organ. It's as much of an endocrine organ as your testicles or your ovaries. It produces hormones. And this is the reason why the gut has also been associated with these hormonal conditions. Endometriosis, 
polycystic ovary syndrome, thyroid disorders, different types of cancer that are connected to hormones, all connected back to the gut. Oh, and by the way, if there's any guys in the crowd, this is what's going to motivate you more than anything to change your diet right there. That is the number one thing that's going to motivate any man to consider moving towards a plant-based diet. Boom. How about our gene? What he's referring to is uh, erectile dysfunction. I, I don't know why he didn't want to say it on on the talk, but erectile dysfunction one of the leading causes is gut dysbiosis, which is due to lack of fiber. How could that be? How are your hormones influenced, your testosterone, your sexual function, even female infertility, endometriosis, PCOS, breast cancer, low thyroid conditions? So all of these things and more are related. And, you know, one of the uh, questions coming up, uh, of course, any conversation about the gut and immune system and fiber must include discussing the danger of Roundup. I agree. So buy organic. Because if you're getting the the typical fruits and vegetables, you at least need to use uh, like a fruit vegetable wash to wash off the pesticide toxins. But deep within, there could be still you know the pesticide concentration or that is the Roundup because of the growing uh, of the food itself. But by buying principally organic, you can buy frozen corn organic. You can buy all kinds of things organic these days, wherever possible. Uh, it, this gentleman, Clint, is really a, a big aficionado of, of ghee. <laughs> I'm telling you, in India and the countries that eat a lot of ghee, they have a very high rate of hypertension, high blood pressure. They have certain forms of cancer. They have a high rate of obesity. Ghee, the fat you eat, is the fat you wear. Why are you extracting fat, let alone from an animal? That's what ghee's derivative, butter, right? It's fat. Clarified butter. No, stop it. (laughs) It ruins the microbiome. And for every benefit you're going to tell me, let's go down deep into this, and I'll I'll show you examples of the blood. I'm not angry at you or furious. I'm just looking at blood every day of my life under a high-powered microscope, and I can see the effects of healthy living blood and that's that's why i wrote the book blood doesn't lie right so let let let's be clear let, let's go back let's continue with dr will uh because dr will bolshewitz is one of these guys who's really dove dive down deep into the science and i think it's really appreciated here so let's go a little further okay so i said you are less than 50 percent human when it comes to cells What about our genetic expression? Guys, it gets even crazier. Our gut microbes make up 99.5% of our genetic code. You are literally less than 1% human when it comes to your genetic code. You are less than 1% human. I'm sorry if I'm wigging you out. I'm sorry, but this is science. This is the truth. And, you know, Cyrus and I, as crazy as this sounds, are 99.9% identical when it comes to our human genome. We are 99.9% the same. But our microbiome may be completely different. And there is no person on the planet that has the same microbiome as you. It is as unique as a fingerprint. And through certain things like epigenetics, our microbes have the ability to regulate our genetic expression. 
So you guys, raise your hand and let me know. Who here is shocked by how powerful this one spot, the gut microbiome? My screen is blowing up. You guys are all raising your hands. My screen, I can't even see my screen right now. So listen, the gut biome, the fiber intake, the total amount of fiber, the diversity of the fiber from plants affects your genetic expression. It affects your immunity, your ability to fight viruses, bacteria, your mood, your cognition, your metabolism, and your hormones, as well as your digestion. Every aspect of your life is affected by the foods that you eat. And every time you take in ghee that has no fiber, oh sure, it's fermented from a carb and fat and all that. Fermentation is good, yeah. But why not get the whole food fermentation? you know, people can get almond yogurt or coconut yogurt, and it's closer to the whole food, it can be fermented. But I like to ferment cabbage. Why not? (laughs) So what is fermented cabbage, everyone, right? It's sauerkraut. You can do fermented beets. You can ferment almost any vegetables. And you just get a culture and you start it up. And there's some recipes that are available uh, in in my books. Uh, Here, I'll, I'll just show you my best-selling book you can you can see this simply healthy cookbook we have over 250 amazing recipes i i totally endorse and utilize fermented foods on a daily basis in my diet and so should you we need teeming healthy bacteria to push out the bad bacteria we need more beans and if you cook it sufficiently they won't cause as much gas but don't be afraid of the gas the gas is an expression that the body is getting rid of letting go of toxins and and so forth so really this is an important breakthrough guys that this is it here let's let's go a little bit further y'all are y'all are funny man all right yeah the chat box is certainly going crazy i was going to try and play uh... control your diet and medications, and sleep, tobacco, alcohol, exercise, stress, the people that you hang out with. And I want to talk a little bit more about diet. Now think about this. I just basically said that lifestyle controls our gut microbiome. Consider for a moment how much our life has changed in the last 100 years. Consider this. Let's go back to 1920. All right. No television, certainly no cell phone, no video games for the kids, no processed food. You probably knew your farmer. The, there, you were not driving in a car. You were spending a lot more time outdoors. You were spending a lot more time with real people because you were not on the couch and you were not on social media. Radically different lifestyle in just 100 years and our gut has been forced to adapt to the changes that we have forced on these microbes we live in an overfed undernourished and hyper medicated world those are the changes that we have made we have added new chemicals to our food processed foods where they get into our food supply under a loophole called generally recognized as safe, which does not require human testing. We have new farming practices that include herbicides, insecticides. We have narrowed down, our farmers have been forced to use high yield crops. Biodiversity is eroding away, that's not a good thing. 
The animal agriculture industry is pumping cows up with antibiotics and hormones. 80% of antibiotics in this country are not given to humans. They're given to cows. You know why? Because when you, when you destroy the microbiome of a cow with antibiotics, it becomes obese and it gains weight faster eating the same amount of food. Our new normal diet is 60% processed and 30% animal and only 10% plants. That was me. That was me when I was 31 years old. You saw the photos. Our medications, antibiotics, look, they're great when you need them. We're overusing them. Proton pump inhibitors, billions per year. Non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, trillions per year in the United States. Our sedentary life, we're not spending time outdoors. We're hyper-sterilized. We have weird sleep patterns now. We're looking at our phone or watching TV at 10.30 at night, which is affecting our sleep hormones and our ability to get good rest. Our systems and our culture are designed to strip us of our gut health. Not intentionally. It's the fallout. It's that we didn't understand what was going on with the gut microbiome until very recently. The point is this, if you want a healthy gut, this is not going to just happen by accident. We need to be intentional. We need a plan. So guys, this, this plan that we're talking about really gets back to the origin of lifestyle medicine. And again, I'm going to take you back to a walk into time and consider that the Pritikin program, which I worked with Nathan Pritikin in 1978 and 79. Here, I want you to take a look at this. This is this is something I'm I'm quite um, uh, proud of because Nathan Pritikin himself autographed my book. You can see it there, April 3rd, 1979, to Nick. Best wishes for good health, Nathan Pritikin. So I'm one of the early pioneers in this whole scheme of things, and I want you to know that we really have to jump ahead and get get on a plan. So what is that plan, and what can we do? I'm in complete agreement with Dr. Will, uh, Dr. B, he'll go by, and Dr. Robert Martindale, Dr. Dr. S.A. Goslin, who I work closely with, Dr. Grossman, Dr. Kathleen Geringer, Dr. Neil Batchsmith, Dr. Marianne Hanani, uh, Dr. Bob Goldman. The list is quite long, but I'm excited because I'm releasing a new book, and that new book will tell you how do you improve the health of your gut, your immune system, your circulation. All of these things and more, when you look under a microscope, you really get a clear understanding of why doctors have missed these valuable facts and points. But here we go. Let's go a little further. Plants contain fiber. All of them. Every single one. All plants contain fiber. Only plants contain fiber. They have a monopoly. They have cornered the market. There are millions, maybe billions of types of fiber in nature. Billions of types of fiber. is incredibly complex from a biochemical perspective. I was a chemistry major at Vanderbilt. This is just one example of fiber on the screen right now. That's how complicated it is. 
And it makes it nearly impossible for us to create estimates of how many types of fiber exist. But every type of fiber is different. Every type of fiber has its own properties. To keep things super simple, we break it into two main categories. Insoluble fiber, which is the roughage, and soluble fiber, which is the stuff that will dissolve in a beverage. It's soluble. So here's the story on insoluble fiber, okay? It goes like this. Insoluble fiber goes in the mouth, wiggles its way through its intestine, and it launches out the other end like a torpedo, okay? That's what insoluble fiber does. Now, I realize that's what most of you have been taught is what actually happens with fiber, period. Not true. That's true for insoluble fiber, but we have a different story when it comes to soluble fiber, okay? Soluble fiber, for example, you will find soluble fiber in black beans, and it will feed microbes. Soluble fiber is food for your gut microbiome. It moves its way through your intestine and is unchanged until it gets to your colon. And then these beautiful, healthy, anti-inflammatory microbes get into an absolute feeding frenzy and they devour, they devour the fiber. The fiber does not come out the derriere. The fiber is food for the microbes. They are as alive as you and I are, okay? These are living organisms. We may not feel like they are because they're invisible and we can't see them, but they are, they're alive. And every plant has unique fiber that feeds unique microbes. This is one of the good guys. He's fighting for you, but you got to feed him, okay? And he's a picky eater. This guy right here, he wants black beans. And the problem is that if you restrict or eliminate the black beans, this guy gets weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker until he's gone. That ain't good. You just starved him out. Biodiversity is a measure of gut health. I talked before about the forest with all the different animals. If you take the snakes and the mosquitoes, look, I'm going to be honest. I don't love snakes. They scare me. I don't love mosquitoes. They annoy me. But if we took the forest and we eliminated all the snakes and mosquitoes, there would be a hole in the ecosystem that you would not be able to replace. And that would affect the health of the entire forest. And the same is true in your gut microbiome. When we eliminate species, we can potentially cause harm to the gut microbiome to the point that you're not able to compensate for the loss. And that is when the gut has this function. A more diverse diet translates into a more diverse microbiome. Follow me here. Diversity of plants means diversity of fiber. Every plant has its own types of fiber. Diversity of fiber translates into diversity of microbes. Each type of fiber will feed unique species of microbes. Makes sense, right? But guys, <clears throat> I'm just going to be straight with you. There's a lot of books out there that are fad books that are based on theory. Okay, so biodiversity the bigger the variety of the fiber from the plants, the better. We have something rather amazing, organic superfood, vegan protein, 20 
different plant-based foods. That's more diversity than you get in your entire day, almost every one of you watching. I'm curious. Also, grow muscle burn fat from organic beets. Amazing. Whole natural foods, all organic. Guys, you got to get away from the pesticides, the chemicals, the Roundup. My new book coming out, Immune Boost, is going to take you to a whole new level. And I want you to know our sponsors, DocNutrients.com. You can look up organic, super vegan protein. It's available now. It tastes wonderful. You just scoop it into your blended drinks, your smoothies, your cold-pressed juices like I do each day. And to grow muscle burn fat, scoop some grow muscle burn fat into your, your drinks. And it has amino acids, beets. Add some of the stem cell enhancer to release the medicinal mushrooms, activated barley, and adrenal immune support, an incredible product to build up the immune system. All of these things and DNA protector, which is the ultimate methyl donor, you want to really understand that the supplements that we make and create are based on whole herbal medicine that goes back thousands of years. It's not a new drug, a new phenomena that's coming out by big pharma that comes and goes and has all kinds of issues with it. No. This is based on years and years of science and proof. So if you're ready to get going and you want to get rid of inflammation and disorders and conditions, it's really the diversity of our plants. Start on the Delgado program. Let's, let's check it out a little further. Now, do you want an elimination diet? Hold on. It's get off of me, paleo. Get off of me, keto. Look, let me be straight, though, in all seriousness. We have 2,800 people in this room right now. We have more people who are going to watch this video later. I hope that some of you have been following the keto or the paleo diet. And you know why? Because I want to talk to you for a minute. You are the person that I appreciate the most. And this is the honest truth. Because you have the audacity and the gall to actually change your diet in the interest of your health. If you're doing the paleo or the keto diet, it's because you're motivated to get better. My concern is that you have been fed bad science and bad ideas. And it's not your fault because you're not the expert. You're asking the expert to give you guidance on the right way to eat, to heal your gut and optimize your body. Now, here we see the science. Elimination, elimination of whole grains and legumes, elimination of entire categories because they're deemed carbs, is bad for the gut microbiome. 30 minutes ago, I said that I discovered a special connection between the plants in our gut the plants in our diet, and the microbes in our gut. To me, this is the key to human health. And when your microbes feast on prebiotic fiber, they reward you by releasing short-chain fatty acids. I alluded to them earlier. Acetate, propionate, and butyrate. This is the result of your gut microbes. And there's a magic formula. These short-chain fatty acids are what we call postbiotics. Now, you guys have heard of these probiotics. Those are the living microorganisms. Guess what? You have probiotics in your side of your gut right now. They're already there. You don't need to take a capsule to get them. Prebiotics are the food 
This is the fiber. When you combine fiber and the healthy microbes in your gut, you produce postbiotics. The entire point, the entire point of prebiotics and probiotics is to get postbiotics. That is the entire point. And they have healing effects throughout the entire body. Let me tell you about what they do in the gut, okay? They actually help you to get more healthy anti-inflammatory microbes. They enrich the good guys. They simultaneously suppress the inflammatory microbes. I talked about Salmonella, Shigella, E. coli. Guess what? Short-chain fatty acids actually suppress those bacteria directly. And by doing this, I showed you the forest with the werewolves. If you take the werewolves out of the forest and you grow out the trees and you bring in the cute little deer and the rabbits, you're going to get back to establishing a healthy gut microbiome. That is what the short-chain fatty acids are doing. They're strengthening the intestinal barrier. They're improving motility. And they also reduce sensitivity. This is what happens with people who have irritable bowel syndrome. But they also have healing effects throughout the entire body. It's no surprise. The gut is connected to the immune system. The gut is connected to our hormones, to our mood, to our brain and our cognition, to our metabolism. Well, guess what? Short-chain fatty acids are connected to, to our immune system. They protect us from cancer, heart disease, stroke, diabetes. They help us to lose weight. They sharpen and enhance our brain. I have so much more that I want to talk to you about. I literally am just getting started. If, if Brian from Forks Over Knives let me, I would go for five hours, okay, because I love this stuff. And these are some of the topics that you will find covered in my book that so what we're looking at then is the power of whole grains. And I know some people have some issues with whole grains, always get organic, always get sprouted whole grains. And are you worried about the gluten? I got to tell you, the fermentation, the variety, the fiber from whole grains is so beneficial. And what about legumes? They heal the gut. Legumes have a tremendous amount of natural fiber. And those people who eat the most beans and peas live the longest. In every country in the world where they eat the most beans. And by the way, in America, the average person, even kind of on in general, even though we have a Latino culture here in California, we eat only about five pounds of beans a year. Do you know five pounds of beans sounds like a lot? But the average American eats 220 pounds of meat per year. It just overwhelms the body. And meat and dairy is loaded with microbes. Well, why am I so concerned about microbes? There are good and bad bacteria. And the bad bacteria comes from most meat and dairy product. Read the book, How Not to Die, by my good friend Michael Greger, and you'll get the references. And more importantly, in my new book, Blood Doesn't Lie, I go into all of the concepts and, and the issues and what foods to eat to build a strong, healthy immune system. Wait till you read my newest book, Immune Boost. I hope uh, those of you who hear this talk show and you drop me a note uh, in our WhatsApp by going to nickdelgado.com, just find how to correspond with us, and we'll send you an ebook before it even comes out in print of the Immune Booster. Add that with our book, 
blood doesn't lie and you're going to be right on track. So what, what are some other questions that come up? What about lectins? Lectins is not the problem. It's biodiversity, getting a variety. We need a little bit of lectins. They have natural anti-cancer properties. They're not what they're played up to be uh, by Gundry, who's really misleading people and, and causing them to not enjoy a wide biodiversity, a wide variety of fibers and plant foods. And why do we get food sensitivities? The, the blood the blood brain barrier and the gut, there's a leaky gut sy syndrome, and these things occur when we're not getting the diversity that we need, particularly from antibiotics, from uh, pesticides, from Roundup herbicides, uh, from not getting outdoors in the daylight, from not getting the right amount of, of, of sleep. But we do need fermentation and we need healthy soil. We need to unleash the potential of our foods choosing the right prebiotics, which I'm so excited uh, about this product, organic superfood vegan protein. You can get it now available at docnutrients.com. Amazing, over 20 different fibers, prebiotics, whole foods, all organic. Fiber is your fuel. And you want to get more in the line with probiotics, having sauerkraut and different type of fermented vegetables. You want to heal your gut without lifting a fork to eat meats or consume dairy. What, what is this yogurt thing? Oh my gosh, it's so misleading. Get the plant-based yogurts if you're going to eat them. Okay, guys. I think we have some exciting information, and I, I want to kind of jump into the fact that uh, Chef AJ and Dr. John McDougall is going to be on my show March 25th. We're really excited that coming Thursday in March 25th. Uh, it's coming up really quick. And we're so excited about it. And I, I just wanted to mention that all of this about the health of the immune system and the fact that we can really supercharge our bodies and our immune system you know, one of the things that we've discovered, if you take a look at this here, uh, present here, yeah, I want to show you this right here, is there are certain nutrients that we can enjoy, uh, and beetroot extract is one of my favorites because it improves circulation. Lycopene from tomatoes we use in our products insulin heart stability, CoQ10, polycosinol, alpha-lipoic acid. These all come from whole plant foods that we're presenting to you. And this is so, so very, very important. And one of my favorite stories is Dr. Day, Dr. Lorraine Day. She's turning age 83 in uh, April uh, of 2021. She developed cancer more than 20 years ago. She is pronounced cancer-free because of her strong immune system for her following these critical steps of whole food nutrition, detoxification, juicing, exercise, surrounding herself with positive people, prayer, getting quality sleep, not using chemicals and drugs, no antibiotics, and no shot in the arm, if you know what I mean, to try and build immunity. So blood doesn't lie. This is one of the ways you want to go, and I, I, I am so ecstatic about what people are learning 
and some of the opportunities they can get just by checking out docnutrients.com. And let's just uh, take a moment. I, I want to go back to our our show. And uh, now that we mentioned a little bit about our sponsor, uh, I wanted to go back and kind of tie in things with Dr. Robert Martindale. Hold on. Here we go. Because we used to say, why is it that people have less cancer when they have high-fiber diets? They have less infections when they have high-fiber diets. Now we know that as we produce short-chain fatty acids, they get absorbed, and we see increased killing by the macrophage. This is a macrophage right here. It's a small picture. There's a little gram-negative E. coli right there. You notice a green spot. For that macrophage to kill that bacteria, what has to happen? First, it has to recognize there's E. coli there. Just to send out a pseudopod. That's a pseudopod there. This is the macrophage sending out a pseudopod. It engulfs that E. coli and then produces an oxidative or nitrogenous birch, which kills the E. coli. We know that when you've got short-chain fatty acids bound to that macrophage, there's nine or ten different binding sites on a macrophage. When you've got... Why you've got butyrate bound to your macrophage, your killing is tremendously improved. You kill about, it's, some people estimate up to 20 bacteria before the cell undergoes apoptosis. Normally about nine bacteria are killed by a macrophage before it undergoes apoptosis. When you enhance the killing ability of the macrophage, you get better. So this is just a list of the short chain fatty acid stuff. Uh, it's Tremendous big list. We, I work on, we're working on several projects with our cancer group. Uh, we've been very lucky. We've been well funded by our cancer group. Uh, this uh, histone deacetylase we know is the issue and sort of the promoter for colon cancer. We know that's now decreased. We can decrease that promotion when we have plenty of the right microbiome around. So, this is new data here, very interesting. So we used to say, what is it, why do people do better with their rehabilitation after surgery when they've got short chain, when they have a fiber diet which gives them high rates of butyrate? So this paper is very interesting. Short chain fatty acids enhance muscle function and mitochondrial biogenesis. So when you've got butyrate on board circulating around and now you're rehabbing after a big operation or after a stroke, we know that essentially potentiates the effects of exercise and muscle maintenance by enhancing the number of mitochondria within the myocyte. Very interesting work. So let's look at a couple scenarios here. I got about 20 minutes left. So we got leaky gut, okay, diabetes and depression. Well, leaky gut we've all heard about, you know, and I have to say, on the I I've believed in leaky gut for a long time. The MD side, my partners go, give me a break, you know. A leaky gut, you know, business. So, you know, but there's data supporting and there's a data refuting, you know, so that I give you an equal balance there, but gut permeability. And we know the definitions, leaky gut refers to this, but, you know, sustained mainly by nutritionists and practitioners of alternative medicine. So basically saying MDs don't believe in it. That's probably true, okay? MD answered when you have Don Kirby, who's chief of GI up at Cleveland Clinic or chief of the GI section. Uh, MD standpoint is very gray area, so we don't really know. We're not saying it's not there, but we sort of don't, you know, sort of wonder. 
you know? So basically, you see all these sort of nebulous symptoms, right? Bloating, gas, cramping, fatigue, you know, multiple organ failure, sepsis in an inpatient setting, and then constipation, behavioral change, anxiety. You know, those are all kind of gray. Hard to get an objective, prospective trial of these things. So again, there's lots of questions. But remember, our gut has got many different protection mechanisms. We've got non-mechanical, mechanical, the brush border is well healed, they rapidly turn over, remember three to five days from the base of the crypt at the top of the villus and they turn it over. The mucous membrane is very thick, so the tight junctions are pretty well maintained and pretty healthy, but it doesn't take much to change that. Remember that microbial diversity, as we showed already, changes rapidly, is really what protects us. So, so diseases associated then with my leaky gut is so many. Again, hard to put a finger on a lot of these things, you know? Fibromyalgia, depression, I can tell you in the clinic when I see someone come in the diagnosis of my with GI complaints, I run it in my nutrition clinic as well as my surgical clinic. I see a lot of patients with chronic abdominal pain and I see fibromyalgia and I go, God, here we go. You know, because I, you know, it makes me nervous because I think, what are we going to have here? You know, fibromyalgia and a chronic abdominal pain, I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be a long day. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So, you know, because there, it's hard, again, to put a handle on it. So there's all kinds of methods which we look at the mucosal maintenance and barrier. We know that some of those are disrupted and some people are living a normal life. We know chronic fatigue, in fact, has alterations by some of these mechanisms which are done in animal models. It's easy, but it's tougher in humans to prove it. So again, it's hard to say. So what do we do? To, how do we recommend treating it then? Well, maintaining visceral blood flow, the right microbiome. For the clinical setting, early enteral feeding, and probably with early enteral feeding, and we have one project going on now with organic food, blenderized organic food versus the top of the line formula for ICU patients. And so and people are quite shocked when we start showing, look at the microbiome variety here versus this. You know, that'll be published in about three months. We've got a, two, more, two more patients enroll. So, uh, you know, that's a pro randomized prospective blinded trial. We've you can't read it, I can't, wait. Yeah, physically inactive, yeah, the glasses are not good for distance. So, but you can see they all seem to have a pattern here. The Southeast, North Carolina is in there, you know? So, but remember that sort of obesity is counterintuitive, right? So we have, you know, it's a life. So let's talk about obesity. Is it lifestyle? Is it lack of willpower? Is it a psychological issue? Are we simply eating too much food? Well, actually, there's several new studies that are showing that inflammation is closely associated, and then people get addicted to foods. Yes, there's a psychological component, but there's something we can do about it. And that is what we understand. So the association to obesity and chronic diseases such as breast, uterine, and colon cancer, a high degree of gallbladder disease, hypertension, coronary heart disease, osteoarthritis, all are real issues. But how is obesity associated with chronic low-grade inflammation of the adipose tissues? Let's, let's jump back in with Dr. Robert Martindale, MD, PhD, gastroenterologist. So you, the function of the muscle is very poor, so low-grade inflammatory process. So the question then, 
is can we, by controlling, controlling obesity and diabetes, change this trajectory? That's really the question. Well, look at this. We know that obesity is a tremendous change here. This is lean. This is bacterial diversity, which I talked about. Remember, is protective. This is right here, lean. This is obese. You can see as we get more obese, we see changes and we see increased bacteroidetes and less formicides. Okay? So this is, again, this is a very good study here on human this is transplanted stool. So they, okay, they took, what they did here was they took humans that were obese and humans that were thin, and they transplanted that stool into a germ-free mouse. And then said, what? They've sort of humanized GI tract, germ-free mouse, and they showed that, guess what? The people that were obese, the, rap, the rats rapidly start gaining fat mass. The microbiome from the thin people they stayed normal. So obesity was transplantable by transplanting the microbiome from a heavy person to a, from a thin person, compared to a thin person. We know that our Western diet alters microbial diversity in mice. Again, germ-free mice, we take a Western, put them on a McDonald's diet and Burger King and Taco Bell and all these others, and guess what happens? We change it. We decrease diversity, we increase formicides, we decrease bacteroides. Remember that switch we see, and even with people that lose weight, we see a switch back. After gastric bypass, we see a switch back to a more normal, lean person's, not that I'm saying gastric bypass is the answer, you know, increase in body fat. So again, we can change these with diet. This is a very interesting human study, okay? What they did here was, they took humans, right, and then they took some of their stool and they gave either their own stool back to them or they take stool from a lean person, non-diabetic, and give that to them. There's a stool transplant program in humans. And then they looked at insulin resistance. So did insulin resistance change when a person with, heavy person with diabetes gets stool from a, a light person? Okay, a lean person. And you can see there, absolutely. No change in the ones who got his own stool back didn't change, but there you can see the insulin resistance goes down tremendously when they get stool from a lean person. So, big difference. Germ-free mice studies, you can see, this is, again, I'm not gonna bore the details, but the bottom line is, if you give the bacteria to the wrong bacteria, germ-free animals will rapidly go, rapidly gain. You can see mice are protected, germ-free mice. If you give them this diet-induced with no bacteria in your colon, guess what? You can't make them fat, even with a McDonald's diet. You give the same animal with normal bacteria, they're going to gain weight. Germ-free mice don't gain weight. So, again, endotoxin, you know, another way to give low-grade inflammation, low-grade endotoxin causes the same changes in the bacteria as well as in the liver. Feeding high-fat diet increases permeability. We're back to the idea that this fat changes, the microbiome changes. We don't know. It wasn't the fat that caused it. It was the microbiome changes that caused the loss, of the loss in these brush borders, these glue that holds your cells together, inducing a chronic inflammatory state. So, again, this is just a diagram showing the same thing. Change in bacteria causes loss of this brush border, causes changes in the tight junctions, 
thereby we increase fatty liver. We know that's the case now. So again, very metabolically active by changing a bacteria. But what about the brain? Can we change cognition? Well, we now know. Okay, so what we clearly understand now is consuming foods isn't always the answer. It's the lack of fiber that leads to gut changes that leads, leads to worse obesity. Becoming lean is something that people who have lean microbes actually can be transplanted and help overweight people get lean. This is amazing. This is shocking. But that shows you how important the gut is. We can get deeper into the gut relationship to the brain and cognition. I'm going to sign out. We're going to come back with another segment. But I want to tell you, it's been a pleasure. Dr. Nick Delgado, be strong, be well. Now you have it. Fiber. A big variety of plant fibers leads to combating chronic and infectious diseases and even contributing to a lean body mass, less body fat, increased energy, increased health and well-being, better function overall. We've known about this for over 40 years, but now we have all the proof and it's up to you to check out nickdelgado.com. It's open enrollment for coaching. Listen to this following message, nickdelgado.com. There's coaching eligibility. We have world-class elite coaches. We guide you in group sessions, and it's going to be amazing. Take care, everyone. That was an amazing show. And now I want to put it all together for you. How do you locate these incredible natural herbs, organic, the best, designed to help you to improve your hormonal balance, give you energy, help you to look and feel great? DocNutrients.com. This is our sponsor. There is a special quiz. Please take the immune system quiz, and it's going to give you some incredible feedback and ideas about how to strengthen your immune system during these troubling times. Be well. It's 2021 and we're here to support you.